good to see um, the fact that you're willing to sow this into the lives of the people. This conference is such a blessing to me. I've been blessed so far tremendously. You know, it's, it's so easy to get in a rut. God sends a word to get you out. <clears throat> what I've noticed is that whenever God wants to move you, he sends a word. Uh, we can be expecting all kinds of things, but we got to learn how to discern what he's saying. And so what I've learned, as I was sharing just a few minutes ago, I've learned how to separate how I feel, what I've done, from who I really am. And when I was able to do that for myself, I began to be able to do it for others. It's so easy to think that someone is what they did. And we hold on to that. And it's so easy to get an image in your mind of what who someone is according to the way you see them. And what I understood is that it takes the Spirit of God to really show me who I am and who others are around me. And I couldn't even know who it was that I had married and to God was able to show me. And he began to open my eyes, not by the flesh, because most people see the surface things. But I began to understand that being married, it, it really is a walk of faith. You've got to learn how to walk in faith when you're married and, and faith works in love. So love is that, 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 that foundation, but you've got to learn how to believe. And the reason why I say that is because it's, it's unbelief, a hard heart, that causes separation or divorce. People don't believe that God can do what he said he could do. And I have been uh, pastoring for about 18 years, and what I've seen, every time couples come to my office, they're completely out of order. <laughs> completely. <laughs> And I used to have a big sofa in my office. It was way over here and over there, long sofa. And they would come in, a couple would come in, and one, the husband would sit way over here, and the wife way over there. I know that they are out of order when they come in. And so I began to speak to bring them into order. You know, when you have to start talking about submission and loving your wife, they are completely out of order. Because this is a way of life. It's not something that I do if she doesn't submit, then I lay my life down, or vice versa, if he's not where he is, then I submit. It's a way of life. And so we begin to talk about these things when things are out of order, and we are out of order. And we don't know it. See, the main thing that we are out of order, we don't know that we're one. We think we're two. And we think that, that we, I, I could think that my wife is something other than me. When she came out of me, he took a rib, a bone, and he created her. And Adam had it a revelation to be able to see. He said, this is bone of my bone. Flesh of my flesh. And he named a woman. 
But there was no mistake that she was a part of him because he knew and he believed God even though he was asleep. And you need to know that he didn't come to the conclusion that he needed anything. It was God that said it wasn't good for him to be alone. He was going about his merry little way. He didn't know he needed anything. And then God created what he needed. Adam could not have come up with this solution or this uh, something as great as a woman. That God said she would serve as his helper. And as Pastor Benjamin said, it's not someone that go get things for you. The Holy Spirit is called our helper. And when he talks about the Holy Spirit, he talks about a counselor. Someone that advises and teaches and helps you to understand what God is saying to you. And so I want to, to open our eyes right now. And I want to say, you've got to learn how to have faith. You've got to learn how, when you don't even see things going right, you've got to learn how to believe that they are right, because God said and that's what I would tell Pastor Benjamin, that you are one. Why? Because God said you're one. That's right. Not because you're acting and behaving like you're, you're two different people. I have to see and hear what God is saying. And the Bible real clear, we're not to see it and then believe it. We are to believe it and then see it. That's it. He told him that it did not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. He said you've got to believe, and I'm saying it's faith. And you got to know who the wife is. you got to know the function. You see, I'm here to talk about headship. And when you start talking about headship, all of the corruption in the thinking start coming in. It's just like when I start to talk about submitting. And I'm in that office and the men are grinning from ear to ear. <laughs> Tell the pastor. <laughs> Get it. And, and they're waiting for me to bring the headship because that, that means that I, I, I can demand something. And not understand that headship has to do with source. The place where the supply of everything that nourishes and cherishes your wife. Everything that that, that God wants her to have. You are her head. It has the authority to make her feel honored. It brings value to her. That's why he talks about laying down your life. There's no greater love than someone that's going to lay their life down. If that doesn't add value to your wife, then nothing else will. And I'm not talking about giving your, your natural life. I'm, I'm talking about a husband that's willing not to have his own way. And that's sometimes harder than just dying. Because we really want our way. I'm talking about for, for a man to say, you're right, baby. It's somehow it's hard for us. We want to be right. It looks like it takes something really valuable for us to say that we're wrong. But I'd rather be wrong and have my house in order. These are things that, that I've, I've learned over time just by walking and understanding that, that it is how God says. And so it says in Ephesians chapter 5 
It says, the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. And what I entitle this message is a great mystery. Because everything about marriage is, is, is mysterious because it's, it's unveiling something even deeper. And that's why I said we've got to learn how to walk by faith. You've got to learn that, 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 that God, there's some, someone that you can't see that's holding you together. Even when you're trying to tear yourself apart. There's someone that you, you, you can't even see and you don't know how powerful he is that when you say I'm leaving and, and he said no you're not. But the reason why it, we, we let things happen is because nobody believe it. And so when, I, when I'm counseling a customer, I said, one of you got to believe. If I can get one to believe, I said, they cannot go, even though they leave. This is the power. I don't know why we feel we're so weak and helpless when we have the power of the Holy Spirit that's speaking these things, but nobody can hear it. Because we always worried and don't know that God has done something in us and, and especially in, in the marriage that makes us so powerful. Yeah. But we think so wrong. We, we, we always think negative. We think that when he said helper, that means just somebody just go. It means that they are powerful and they are given to you. And we don't understand. We only one level. We're just one level people. We can't see that God is going. He starts out at way up here at the surface, but He's always taking you deeper. That's right. And He wants to give you a revelation of what He really intended and how He said, I, I, "I need, I need someone to be able to rule, and I need somebody to be able to bring things into the earth." So Adam, you need a helper. And when I began to understand that is my wife that can bring whatever's in me into the earth. That what, everything that's good, everything that's perfect, is supposed to come from her head. That's why it talks about the fact that he who finds a wife, he's found his good thing, and he's found favor with God. That, that God has favored you when you find the bone of your bone. And you don't think your bones are that important until they start to crackle. You don't think bones are important, but why do you think the father wouldn't let not one bone of his son be broken? It's mysteries. And why do you think that you read the scripture that he who shamed Hit, hit her husband, it, it's rottenness to his bone because we don't understand that we are one. The headship has to do with source. Everything that builds up my wife comes from me. Everything that strengthens her, everything that makes her feel like she's wor worth a value, it comes from me. Everything of the love, it comes from me. My willingness to lay down my life is very powerful. I'm talking about not only to my wife, but to my children and everybody in my household and to my 
my congregation everything to do with any kind of headship of any kind of leadership if you're not willing to lay your life down then you're not going to have much power and so God wants us to know that we got to learn how to be the head not in the sense that I'm demanding something but everything that comes from above is going to come through me I remember um, in the early years when I was calling to ministry, the Lord told us that, and, and he told us this, sometimes people hear it and then they try to do it, but you've got to hear from God for yourself. He told me to leave my job. And I didn't have any way to support my, my family. And... You better know it. When when you obey God, then the enemy will come and he will bring all kinds of thoughts. And not only to me, but to my wife. And one day we were, I I just began to think of all, I I began to see, think that my children were going to starve, we're going to lose the house, we're going to lose everything. And at that time, I was new with walking with the Lord. I thought, I heard that you need to go into your prayer closet. And I literally would go in the closet. <laughs> and I ran to the prayer closet, and I'm crying out to God and being in, that, in His presence. And all of a sudden, you know how God will. When you hear from Him, He said, everything's going to be all right. Don't tell you how. <laughs> but when you hear it, you hear, heard from God, it changed me. And I got out of the closet. I went to my wife, and, and, and I said, God said, it's going to be all right. And nothing changed. Her eyes were this big. But what we're going to do? <laughs> you know, like Pastor Sonny, this, you know, in denial. <laughs> and so I went back into the prayer closet and I ran back in there and I said, Lord, what is this? You told me it was going to be all right. And, and it, it just changed me right away. But I went and told her that you said it was going to be all right. And she's still worried. He said, I'm your head. If you go and tell her, I said it, it's not what she needs. You are her head. You go and tell her that it's going to be all right. And I went and I did that. And I learned something. That, that, that it, comes from, it, it comes from me. I'm her head, but he's my head. And so if I have favor with him, I can come into his presence and I say, this is what we need. And it moves God. Because he's a God of order. And I began to learn that. And every time I, I, I began to get weak, I noticed that God was strengthening me. Because you cannot be weak and when you're the head, when you're really responsible for that family and for that wife. So I learned how to receive encouragement and let it flow down. I learned that. And I learned that husbands are to love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. I learned that we have to learn that he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. Now, I, I had to learn this and I'm still learning. My wife doesn't need me to teach her all the time. 
I'm constantly trying to teach her. She needs me to wash her with the word. You got to understand that, that, that the word is flowing out of me right now and it is washing you. Not just my words that are coming. Some people are just paying attention to my words, but God is speaking on a whole other level to you personally. And he's washing you. And I had to learn that my presence in the house, that's why I said, don't you dare leave. You're the foundation of everything that nourishes your wife. Don't you leave. It, it, it's sometimes when, 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 when I know how I felt. When I, I didn't have a job, I lost all my identity. And, and there were men uh, that, that, that lost their job and they were wanting to leave their wives. I said, don't you dare leave. You're the foundation. As long as you're there, the devil can't touch you. Don't you know that all you have to do is begin to speak the word. But you cannot just speak the word into the atmosphere. Just like the wife can prophesy to the husband when the... When God wants to get anything into your family, it comes through the word, but it has to have a womb. And my wife is the womb that brings forth what I say. And she also can bring forth some things when I'm doing damage. She can bring forth hurt that I inflict. But if I learn how to love like Christ and I learn how the fact that I might present her to himself as a glorious church, I got to learn how to remove spots, wrinkles and blemishes from my wife. And that's what I mean, that I don't let anything just just stick to my wife or my family or anyone that I know. I, I don't say I don't receive it or anything like that. I just know if I don't receive it, she can't receive it. I know the power of a heart. I'm a gatekeeper. And if I shut my heart to something, it cannot get in my house. It cannot get into my house. I have, I have uh, ministers saying, well, I'm worried about this preacher preaching. And he says some things. If Pastor Benjamin shut his heart right now, you, even though you hear this, it won't go anywhere. He has power. God never gives you responsibility that he can give you power and authority. And so, if he says you have to love your wife, you got to love her. And then I wanted to say this. In verse 28 of chapter 5, Ephesians, it says, So husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. That's the trick of the enemy. He does not want you to think that you're one. That's why sometimes we get in competition with our wife, not knowing that they're they are sent to help us. You know what? The helper is more powerful. As far as bringing things and seeing things and knowing things. I used to get so upset that my wife would tell me something about someone. And I said, she doesn't know what she's talking about. What is she saying? This woman is harmless. Oh, this man, she said, this man is a crook. Why is she saying that? <laughs> I told you, he's a crook. And 99 times, she's always right. <coughs> I used to wonder why, Lord. 
And then I understood in Proverbs 19, 14, it says, Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. A prudent wife. If you have your wife, she's prudent. She's your inheritance from the Lord. She can only come from the Lord. And she comes, I, I looked up prudent, and it, it has to do with intelligent and expert that can instruct, that can cause to prosper, that can give skillful advice, that you may have good success, can make you understand this is the prudent wife. They have abilities that, that you don't know, and sometimes we are wondering where the answer is, trying to hear from God, and it comes from your wife. If you're the head, you are flowing all kinds of seed that are coming down through you, some good things that are spiritual that your wife brings forth. Men, you that are too proud to listen to your wife, and you wander around in the wilderness all these years, and you're wondering when God's going to answer you and your wife's been speaking to you and God's been speaking through her all these years. Yeah. But I don't know how to nourish my, my body. When Pastor Diane said that my body doesn't belong to me, it belongs to her. Her body doesn't belong to her, it belongs to me. On one level, he's talking about the sexual things, lovemaking. On the other, he's saying, this body is yours to nourish and cherish. He says, husbands ought to love their own wife as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh. But he nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. I said you have to have a revelation of what God has put together. You've got to be able to leave all the things that you know that is corrupting. And move and be clean and, and clean to your wife. Be joined to your wife. Got to be willing to leave father and mother. Got to be willing to leave everything. You got to be willing to come and walk and say, God, you've given me help. And you've given me someone that knows me. You know what? I can come in the house and I, I could have a bad day and something could be wrong. And I'm trying to hide it because I don't want to put anything on my wife. And you notice that she always knows when something's wrong. When something's really wrong, she says, something is not right. She knows me. She knows me. She knows what I need. She's able to help me. And I can't be jealous of her anymore. i got to understand that she's sitting here and she's powerful. She is an excellent wife. She is a kayel. It's the same word for excellence that, that the Bible used when he tells us that he gives us power to gain wealth in Deuteronomy 8, 18, where it talks about wealth. That's the word in Hebrew, kayel. And it speaks about an excellent wife. 
It speaks about a prudent wife. It speaks about someone that's powerful, that's been called alongside of you. And we have to understand that, that she's not powerful in of herself. She's powerful because of what she received from her head. You make her powerful by what you allow to flow through her. God said, I've given you help and you don't know how to receive it. Said so the same thing with the wife. She thinks that she can do it on her own. That's why it's so hard for us as a church because it's revealing the mystery. That's why we don't know as a church how powerful we are, but the power doesn't originate with us. It originates from Him, but it's to His to his glory yes. when we are able to move and bring about fruit of his words wow. just like that wife is the glory your glory and when, when I've seen it I see ministers that minister by themselves on, on television and we they can be talking some kind of stuff, but they don't really get credibility until I see their wife. Wives, add credibility to you. Add stature to you. You look at at uh, my wife, and I always tell the men when they come in my office, I can tell, I don't, I don't want to hear you. Well, I said that to Benjamin. I didn't, that didn't sound right. I was saying, whoa, they might think that I'm just really mean. But I'm not interested in seeing the man because the man is oblivious to what's going on in his home. <laughs> he thinks everything is well. I never heard one. This house is falling. It's pretty oh, fine. He said, everything is fine. I said, let me hear your wife. And she began to tell the story. I look in her face and I can see his glory is dim. I don't look at him, he doesn't know. (laughs) The wife is that expression of glory. And it's the same thing for us as a church. How much longer do we look like we don't know where we are going? When we have someone in us that's telling us the truth, but we don't want to hear it. Yeah. My wife can make me feel like I can do anything. I believe in you. That's why I said it has to be faith. So many people don't have anyone that believe in them. No one has ever believed that you could do it, that you could be more than what you are. And you don't have to be in in a rush to see what comes to pass. The moment is said, spoken. You, if you believe that you have received it, it's it's already done. You just start walking in it. And sometimes we feel like that's nonsense, huh? So I began to speak into marriages and I say, "You, you know, you won. I began to speak and I said, your house is getting ready to prosper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and once I say it, I believe it. Yes. And, and once you say something, I try to get somebody to say that, you know what, I'm going to fight for this marriage. 
Because if you tell me this, I'm never going to stop believing it. Amen. We need someone to believe in us and believe that, that, that when we say something, that, that, that God is behind right. You know He's not a, 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 a behind anything wrong. But how do we cause right to come? Sometimes things are a mess. God says, I give, this is your inheritance in this desolate wasteland. In, in Isaiah, he said, this is going to be your inheritance. A lot of times we get a, a piece of junk and we just don't know that that's your inheritance. And instead of calling it your inheritance, you call it a piece of junk. God is wanting to bring us into a place where we know who our wives are and we know that they are part of us. I looked it up. He took a rib. That's a bone. It's a bone that, that rib, it goes in your, your back part all the way to your chest cavity. It's, it's protection in his backbone. It's strength. That's why we, we look weak I told you, a wife adds that credibility, adds that stature to you because she came from your own bone. And God created her. And he did not make a mistake. And he created man to be that source. And he created you to let everything that flow that's good. And he created her to bring back and, and, and produce, bring it forth, not just to see you sow, but multipl- multiplied seed. So what do you want to see in your house? Do you say it? Does this look at odd that God would do things by His Word? Bringing about a whole shift in the atmosphere when you are loving your wife. People can see, well, this must be what he means by the church and him because he's the head of the church. Just like you're the head of your wife, you've got to learn how to nurture. You've got to learn how to walk with her. Again, the head is the source. The place where everything, the supply of everything that nourishes. It should always be flowing. It should always be flowing good things. God never promises any evil. He promises what is good. And we have to allow it to come into our homes and God bring it forth through our wives. And so I wanted to take away all that fallen thought about you and about wives, husbands, and wives. I want to take away any negative, any thought of, I got the lust after these things. When God talks about the fact that we are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. Is offering us an opportunity if this is really a mystery. We understand that I don't need to be lusting after my wife anymore. 
Matter of fact, if you really thought about that, men, when you're lusting after your wife, lust corrupts. The reason why things are decaying is because of the lust of men. Lusting after things causes it to decay. It causes it to not flourish. And I don't need to do that. Yes, it, he's talking about oneness when you come together in, and, and, and God himself would have had to think about, think of this. Love making couldn't have come from man. A song came from man. He said, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He began to sing, but he didn't know exactly what to do with this woman. That's why I'm saying you had to have some revelation. <laughs> you know, it could be just a problem to you. And that's the way we think of everything. It's just a problem, something that's hindering me. And many times you've said in your mind that if I just didn't have this woman, I, I'd be farther along. No, you wouldn't even be where you are now. <laughs> You just don't know the favor you have by having her. And you don't know that what you're producing is because it's coming from you. You say, where did this come from? Why is she acting like this? Why are the children acting like this? It's coming from you. You're absent. You're not there. Your mind is somewhere else. You're not on guard. You're not watching. And God wants us to start watching. You know when you watch over your house? The same time that pastors watch over their flock. At night. At night. Men, you got to learn that you can't, you can go to sleep, but you better wake up. I'm going to release into your life. Some, some people like to just sleep all night, but three o'clock you need to be up. Watching over your house. Talking to the Lord. Seeing what He wants for that day. Seeing what He's wanting to bring into the earth. That's going to come through you, but you still need your wife because your wife multiplies everything that he sends down. And he wants you to learn that you are the one that's got to get it. Pastor Benjamin said that he's praying or he's fasting, his wife is getting the answers. Man, that used to make me angry too. I used to spend so much time praying and then my wife just going about doing just normal things and she's telling me this is what the Lord is saying. I didn't know we were one. I'm, I'm in competition. She hears from God more than me. Yep. I know. I can't. I spend more time than her. Just foolishness. Fool, foolishness. <laughs> I, we're one. It's no competition. She, she was given to me to bring forth. We got to understand that, that, that men, I, I speak to you, you can never be the helper. And women, you can't be the head. You can't. It's function. It, he, it, 
I mean, we, we all trying to get everything and, and, and we all trying to do this and, and we don't know that, that, that I, I don't care how hard I try, I can't multiply nothing. I bring about a seed. I have three children, but my wife had to bring it forth. And that's the way it is. I don't care how I want to. I can't carry the baby. I can't bring it forth, but I can bring about the seed. And I need to get some good seed. Man, you need to stay up at 3 o'clock and get up. Or whatever time. But you need to hear from God. You need to get a word from God. You need to get a seed. You need to get some seed that you can tell your wife or impart to your wife. And she will bring forth a harvest. And then you'll begin to know why you're together. Because one of the problems that I always have when they're sitting on the couch is these things. They don't know how to walk together. They don't know how to work together. And they don't, they, they, they don't understand that when there's a problem, every time I look in the wife's eyes and, and I just look in their eyes and I say, you haven't come together with your, your husband, have you? And their eyes get big and say, how do you know? Because I know that's the first thing to go and that's the first thing that's, that demonstrates oneness. And the other thing that demonstrates oneness is when you know how to walk together. When you know your part, that's why I have to go through it. And I had to speak some hard words. I, I told one guy, I said, you, if I'm going to marry you, you got to know that it's to death do you part. He said, death? I said, yes, death do you part. He said, death? I said, yes, death do your part. Because we think that, that we can just, we, we said, well, I'll take a chance and I'll try this. Well, let me just tell you, you're a fool. Whether you know it or not, your words mean something. And when you come into covenant and you say, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to nourish you, Yes, your words, and they are on high. That's why I said God is hearing you. But you've got to learn how to allow God to come in and meet you there and change you. And there's a whole lot of things of immaturity. I've gone through it. I've done some foolish things. I've done some just insane things. That's why we need spiritual fathers. We need somebody to tell you when you're wrong because you don't know you're wrong. We need someone to tell you to stop that. We need somebody to tell you this is what you're doing is foolishness. It doesn't even make sense. And you need to hear it so that you can shift your mind and you can begin to change. And that's what I come to do. I come to shift you because we've been doing some silly things with marriage. We don't know. We, we think we, we've just been doing some silly things. We wonder why God entrusted something that He calls your good thing and, and your favor, and you treat her like she's nothing. And then the wives wonder why the flow of God is not coming out of their husband when they have they have stopped the flow, they have crushed it. 
They have, they have stopped the flow. They have crushed the head. And so I, I'm coming at the end to say that we got to stop that. Like, oh, I didn't mean to fuss at anybody, but you put that on me. I, didn't, I was going to come, and I was going to be very delicate, and I was going to say this. This is what I would like to see. I, I would really love to see y'all start acting right. The Lord sent me to tell you to to stop that kind of stuff and start doing something different and new. Well, I'm telling you about the Spirit of God that you all ain't going to be the same. Amen. Because sometimes you need to hear somebody saying that this is foolishness when you start to do it. You just hear my voice saying, man, you don't do this. This doesn't make sense. Don't say that to your wife. Shut up! Because <laughs> I know I've heard the Holy Spirit say, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Well, i got to say it. You know, don't say it. You know, don't say it. You know, still small voice, don't say this. Have you ever heard him say that? Don't say it. Just don't say it. Lay your, li- lay your life down. Lay your life down. And I just had to say it. And I said it and I felt good for about an hour. It's not the Holy Spirit's voice. It's his conviction that gets you. Am I right? This conviction is what gets you, and that comes, and and, and you, you you know you're wrong. Well, I'm coming because I want you to hear my loud voice, and I want you to hear when we start. And I tell you, we all do this. We 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 don't do what's right. We know. Oh, we all know what's right. We've read it. We've read all of this that we heard today. We've read it, but we don't do it. We know how to treat our wives. We know how to treat our husbands. We just don't do it. And on Sunday, it's just not enough. You got to get in their face and just say, no, this ends right now. Yeah. And I believe I, I'm bold enough to say it because I've walked through it. And I know sometimes God just has to say, stop this. And start to get a revelation. So what does he mean by faith? That it's going to take some faith. You're going to have to be able to see the unseen. You've got to be able to see what's down there deep of God's intention, his purpose, his wisdom. And you've got to give glory to God and say, God, I didn't know all that you had in mind when you brought us together. He has purpose. And the enemy, he's been against all of us. But not really against us, but against covenant. He wants it to always look like the covenant (coughs) failed. He wants it to always look like what God said didn't come to pass and that it can't come to pass and that you just need to give up. People get tired of believing. 
get tired of coming back and believing that things are going to change. Because we're always looking at one day and someday. And we don't understand that God has changed it, but we need to believe it. These are things that I have to work in my heart for years and years and years and years of coming to the understanding of, of these truths. And beginning to walk in them. I'm telling you today that there is, there is purpose for you being together. And the enemy has been after the covenant. He wants it to fail. He wants you to do something that you think that you can't come out of. And he wants you to continue to remember what you did wrong. Stop that. Stop it. I never feel guilty because I don't believe guilt is from God. I never feel ashamed. I just don't. I read in the Bible where Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father and I realized that I might walk through a shameful thing but I'm not going to take it as a garment to wear Jesus knew that shame didn't belong to him he may have to walk through it but he hated it he despised it he looked down on it we take it and we wear it and we we put it on and we are embarrassed and all of that and we just shame I said, no, that doesn't belong to me. I don't even permit it to be in my house. You you gotta understand that 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 you don't need to always be asking God to forgive you. You just gotta receive the forgiveness that He's given you. All of that. I've already forgiven you. I've taken your sins away as far as the east from the west. What you should be doing is thanking me and praising me. We've got to stop all of this stuff that is happening and let God's plan come. I'm telling you, each and every one of us that's sitting here, there is purpose. But we won't take time men to find out. We launch from the position that I'm going to leave you alone that I don't know. When the scripture says you have an anointing and you do know. John said, I'm not writing you because you don't know. I'm writing you because you do know. And I'm not speaking to you because you don't know. You do know. Because you have an anointing that teaches you. The Holy Spirit is always speaking to you about all the things that God is doing and what He plans to do and what He had in, in His mind when He put you together. But we have our own thoughts. Our own way of looking at things. And God wants us to come to that place where we begin to walk in, in fellowship with Him so close to what's coming from your head is flowing down to your wife 
and she's bringing back multiplication of all the things that are coming out of the heavenly realm. It takes faith. Otherwise, you just see all the bad. And we have been conditioned to see what's bad and not what's good. We expect things to go wrong. We don't expect things to come to be right. I believe more that things are going to fail than I do that they're going to succeed. I'm just talking to you right now. I'm saying that that, that that has to be somebody always encouraging you to do what's right. I want someone to remind me, like the Holy Spirit, you know, I will speak my spiritual father and then I'll, I really will shut up. <laughs> I was so detached in my younger days. My father passed away when I was eight years old. And I, I just, it seemed like the enemy was just trying to destroy me. And I used to hurt so bad, I didn't know what to do. I would try to fit in, and it was like a square peg in a round hole. Nobody wanted me. I felt rejected, and that's, that, that's what I learned. It was, it was the calling of my life. When you have a, a, any kind of prophetic dimension in you, you're going to be separated from people. Yeah. Because God, God's plan, if I look at it in good, he wanted me to get to know him. But I was just trying to get to fit in with everybody. But it was so painful until I didn't trust anyone. I remember when I met my, my wife on Christmas Day. I just broke up with a young lady on Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, let me just be honest. She broke up with me on Thanksgiving. <laughs> it still hurts. You know, that, that people leaving you, I'm talking about, that's all I've ever known, you know, and I was, I, that's what I expected. I just, I was wondering when you're going to leave. And my wife came into my life, and about a couple of months, I started trying to push her away. Because I didn't trust. Have you ever did that? You know, I'm going to do it before you do it to me. <laughs> or I'm just seeing, you know, I'm going to just push you away. And she wouldn't go anywhere. Matter of fact, she called me and said, do you want me to bring you something from the, from the store? Do you need something? Wow, what is that? <laughs> Do you want this and that? She was pulling in, pulling me in to trust. God was giving me someone to heal me. And it, it still was there in a certain dimension. And I had to hear my spiritual father say some good things about me before I could hear God say some good things. I had to hear him say, You're doing well, son. And then all of a sudden, I, I began to hear my, my father, my heavenly father, say these things. So I'm speaking to you today. And I'm saying some things that you may have not been able to hear God say. But I'm saying that how valuable the wife is and how powerful she is and that 
that she's not something other than her husband. She is his body, bone of his bone. And the husband is her head, the place where her nourishment comes from, from everything that cherishes her. He treats her like the weaker vessel because of not because she's weak, but because she's without strength on her own. All of this truth has to come from you, men. They will worry. They will become anxious if there is, it doesn't appear to be the support or the things that they need. They will begin to worry and be anxious. And we have to say everything is going to be all right. But when you speak, you've got to speak in faith. You've got to really believe it. And when she knows that you are speaking with that kind of authority, she will produce it. I've seen it over and over. So I want you to just for a moment, just, I've said some things. I want the Holy Spirit to begin to move in your hearts. In the name of Jesus. Resentment and bitterness, we have hurt each other. But God says, I've taken that away. And I want you to let it go. Holy Spirit is taking it. There's a lot of deep pain. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of uh, stuff that has been going on, hurt. Some that were in here today, their hearts were already divorced. So much distant. But you weren't able to leave. Somebody has been preoccupied with all kinds of things outside of the home. And today you heard that I'm going to begin to speak and it's going to change. You felt you were in wilderness, desert place, there's not enough. And there's flowing of riches and abundance. The one that's called alongside of you is powerful. She can tell you, honey, you can do it. And you can say, I believe that. And all of a sudden, there's a new song that comes into your heart. And in your heart, you begin to see that everything has changed. You were waiting for tomorrow and you thought that maybe next month, but God is saying today everything has changed. He has put everything together and he has made all things new the fire that's burning in your heart towards each other is only going deeper and deeper and deeper and like Solomon said we drink of love all night there are depths in God where you begin to touch each other where you go so deep 
And this is what he's giving you today. Where you go so deep until you find things that you didn't know. Secret things about your spouse. And you're willing to let go because everything has changed. And now you're going deeper and deeper and deeper. And you started off in faith. And you said there's something there. And you're going to discover And the Spirit of God said, if you ever see who it is that's laying next to you, nobody would ever have to encourage you that you have your good thing and that your head is there. And so my heart is burning right now that you see in the name of Jesus. We've looked in the eyes, but we have not looked deep enough. I'm saying by faith begin to see. I command you to see. And I command you to know now who it is that's next to you that God has called alongside of you and called you to walk with. Now see that he has not called you to something small and insignificant. But everything he calls you is great. And he knew that you needed some help. And the enemy is trying to take away your help. And trying to take away your head. But in the name of Jesus. I refuse to let that happen today. Because my eyes are open and I see you. And I know who you are. And you're not what they said. And they're not what's been done to you. And it's not what you've been doing. You're greater than that. You're awesome people. You are great people. And you are rising up in your destiny today. In the name of Jesus. Nobody will be able to stop you. The enemy that was hounding you and saying that you can't make it. You can't even hear that anymore because you've gone too deep. And that sound you don't hear anymore. You hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, What I have joined together, let no man separate let nobody attempt to do I put you together listen to the spirit you're not falling apart you're not wasting away time has not passed you by get up it's your day it's your hour it's your season I release that into your life now. No longer looking at things from a corrupt point of view, but looking at things as they really are in Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What are you hearing now? The voice of the Lord. He comes to help you. He comes to aid you. When you don't know what to do, ask him. And it's the same with your wife. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Could you give me just a few more minutes? Just a few more minutes. Your heart is changing. I I sense it. I, I sense the change that's happening in you. Shame has been trying to be your garment, but it's it can't. It can't be. Honor and esteem and respect. It belongs to you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. No longer. 
Are you given to futility, discouragement, discontent? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Men, your wealth is in your wife. Women, your treasure is in your husband. In the name of Jesus. Just let the river just flow out of you. I'm calling what's in you deep to come out and glorify the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. For a moment, what I would like is, husbands, will you stand up behind your wife? You are the head. And I want you to lay your hand upon your wife's head. And the wives that are here without your husbands, I want you to come to the front. And I'm going to have Pastor Robert... And Pastor Diane put their hands upon you. Okay, so if you're wives and you're not here with your husband, come to the front. You know, when God gave Benjamin the revelation that I've been dying, like I didn't even know I was dying until Pastor Daniel said it. And Benjamin decided I can't allow that to happen. And the resurrection power came inside of me. And I want, I want to empower our husbands with that kind of authority and power. I want you to release the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. I want that kind of power to be released upon your wives. Let there be life. There has been areas where your wife died. There are desires that, that they died to. There are some things that they died to too but husbands we can't by ourselves we can't we can't resurrect it we need you we need you to lay your hands on us and we need you to bless us and we need you to resurrect that we need you to speak life to places so Holy Spirit right now God will you empower the head will you empower our husbands with your kingdom authority and power to bless their wives to resurrect the things that have died the desires the wants will you come on will you just release that will you just pray the blessing upon your wife right now Mm. Jesus 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 you know some of our wives 
You know, this is what Pastor Daniel said. Some of our, we are sick. We have some kind of diseases or we are sick. Maybe we get headaches. I don't know. Some of us are sick because we're dying inside. And husbands, you have the authority to set us free. You have the authority to heal us. You have the authority to release health. Shalom upon us. Jesus. 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 Husbands, bless your wives today. In your heart, determine in your heart. I'm not gonna allow you to die anymore, wife. I'm not gonna allow you to die anymore. I bless you, and whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I will do my best. I'll look to God, I'll look to God to empower me and to anoint me that you may live. You shall live and not die. Peter and Diane and come and just just surround our wives that are here without their husbands will you help us up and wives I want you to open your hands as a sign of submission and I want you to receive life I want you to receive the seed from your husband and you're going to you're going to prosper you're going to bring fruitfulness in your household amen come on receive wives receive your husband's favor receive your husband's love receive the seed from your husband receive receive
I hear the Lord saying, I will give you the desires of your heart. I will give you the desires of your heart. I want you to hear that as a promise. I want you to hear that. I will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. Father, we receive that. We receive. And that's the last prophetic sign that we are one. Will you just stand up, wives, and just hold your husbands? Let's just hug. We are one. Sometimes we may think differently, but you know what? The truth of the matter is that we are one. God says we are one. And no one can separate what God has unified. You are one. Husband, wife, you are one. I know you've been through a lot. Ups and downs and difficult times and feelings of disconnection. But you are one. Nothing can separate you. Death do us apart. Till death, we are one. And the grace of God surrounds us to keep us as one. Father, we thank you that you have declared oneness upon our marriages and nothing, nothing, nothing can separate this unity, this oneness, God. Father, we don't rely We don't rely on our feelings. We don't rely on the circumstances. But we rely on the word of God. You have made us one. And we will remain one. Father, we thank you for today. That you've rekindled the fire in us. And more and more this fire will grow, God. And many will see. God, the, the, the glory in our husband, God, it, that's in the faces of women, God. It will not dim anymore, God, but you will make it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, God. Father, we thank you for today, for you what you have done and what you will continue to do. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.